0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that bubble shouting, it's staying!
2: This edition here of That Podcast Ground is brought to you by Visa, a network working for everyone. As
3: always, Pauline Jr. and Jake Morrison here working for you. Jay, how we doing? Doing well. Counting down the hours till Thanksgiving. Get to, I, this is going to be the best Thanksgiving ever because we're going nowhere and no one's coming here.
2: It's
0: <laughs> just the four
3: of us. <laughs> That's good.
2: It yeah, is great. Uh, yeah the the least amount of overhead the better it, it's yeah we we've got the we've got a big family function we're going out to my my folks house which is always a good time and uh, i'm i'm excited about it i hope everybody else is excited about their thanksgiving we're thankful for everyone that listens and subscribes uh, to the athletic always great having you on board we got a lot to get to because it's a big game big week Huge. big weekend in the afc north we touched on that a lot on the tuesday episode um how much is on the line with the Ravens and the Browns playing the Bengals and the Steelers playing all bunched up all four teams over 500 it's just uh, you're gonna see a lot of movement over what happens this weekend I actually I always love the playoff leverage chart that uh, Brian Burke does on on your basically your playoff percentage or your percentage chance of making a playoffs depending on win versus loss in the middle is the leverage of your game two highest leverage games in the entire nfl this week yep both in the afc north big weekend for the division uh we're going to get into the details of that we are going to have mark caboli who's playing through pain You, you know people people like to to take shots at mark but i get i gotta credit him My man popped an Achilles trying to walk into SoFi Stadium uh, in L.A., fought it off. He was back at the facility. Ben Roethlisberger even made a little joke uh, uh, towards him, and he's here with us despite all of that, putting in his time so that Bengals fans can have an inside knowledge of what's going on in Pittsburgh. I don't care what you've ever said or written in the comments, potentially, of the whip around. Tip of the hat. Old tip of the hat for Mark.
3: Yeah, it really is impressive, and and I I, I mentioned that with and to him in my conversation with him that he's he's trying to win over the fans, and he, he feels like he's already done that. He feels like he's been so complimentary of the Bengals this year that that he has them on his side. I don't know if Twitter backs that up. I don't know if the comment section backs that up, but it was uh, it was really cool of him because this is a this is an easy week to to for him to tap out, and I mean a, a ruptured Achilles is. Is serious. I mean, we've seen players do it. We've seen coaches here do it. It is a long, grueling rehab. And um, he's just jumping on his jazzy scooter and going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you can acquire the jazzy scooter. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the development of the Bengals offense since the last time they played Pittsburgh, and some interesting comments that Mike Tomlin had to say about Jamar Chase this week, and some of the reality of those and what it has meant. And a lot of people uh, around the building talked about the change of the Bengals offense in recent weeks as teams have adjusted to Jamar Chase. And I think it's an interesting conversation to have specifically this week as they take on Pittsburgh for a second time, and Pittsburgh will have a very different. Set of players and uh, strategy to slowing down the Bengals. Um, we're going to talk, of course, a little bit about the defense and those changes that we are going to see on the Steelers' side of the ball, what it means, and uh, we'll have your growler bet, which I like, and I think I don't think it's too sadistic. I think it's in play. Um, we'll have a run passer boot. We'll offer our predictions. Let's take a second, and uh, I do want to remind everybody. Uh our deal is going on right now. If you are a subscriber, thank you. We appreciate it. If you're looking for a gift, I might have something for you. If you're not a subscriber, listen up. Uh we have our Black Friday subscription deal. It's, it's the best deal we do all year. There's no better time to subscribe than this. Uh it is $1 a month for the next 12 months. We I mean, we just never give away do a deal this good. Uh get it now. If you want ever thought about subscribing, want to subscribe, want to give a gift, um go to uh, theathletic.com slash hear that podcast ground, Or if you follow us on Twitter, go to any of our stories and you can click there and and subscribe from there. And uh, and you'll have our coverage for the, the duration of the entire year. It, uh, it's a great time to get in and uh, I highly recommend doing it now if you've ever thought about it and maybe been hesitant. So uh, get to that deal now. And if you do, you can uh, you can read the absurd story about the fake flea flicker that I'm still laughing about. in <laughs> um, The idea of, zach taylor saying you know what i'm gonna do in my first ever game as a head coach i'm gonna call flea flicker i'm gonna back that up with a fake flea flicker didn't turn out that way and the things that came from it uh were even crazier and more hysterical and i had a lot of fun writing it uh, but that story's up there for you too if you are a subscriber
3: he did get the flea flicker in in that first game that was he that did. was impressive he did and it and worked and uh
2: and, and and it worked again the second time when they ran it hmm. against Cleveland a couple of weeks ago, which is why he said, "All right, let's bring that fake back back <laughs> out of the vault, get get a chance to to run it." And uh, they did for eight yards. And I wrote twelve hundred words about it. <laughs> uh, <so laughs> let's dive into this game, Jay. Um, I, I want to start here with this. You know, the first game against the Steelers was a big moment in Jamar Chase's early season breakout. He obviously Mm -hmm. had a very nice game the first two weeks. He had two deep balls. Um, But all of a sudden in a big game in division, here was Jamar Chase making an incredible catch right before halftime. That was a total momentum changer in the game. Catching a second touchdown uh, to help finish it off at the end. And it felt like he was... Really coming of age then at that point. And the thing is, Mike Tomlin sort of talked about it this week, and he said, look, I see a lot of great receivers come into this league and tear it up the first couple of months. Then it's on tape. And then defenses adjust, and they play you differently. I will be very fascinated to see how differently the Steelers are playing the Bengals and Jamar Chase this Sunday because we've seen a lot of other teams play them. Differently over recent weeks.
3: Yeah, you 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 would think they would almost have to, but I, I kind of disagree. I mean, Tom, what he said has some merit, but we've never seen anybody come in the way Jamar Chase did. I mean, every week it seemed like we were right now, but he's the first one to have this many yards in this many games, and this many touchdowns in this many games. It was it was beyond what. Is the normal rookie coming in not being known and explodes type of situation, but the thing is, it and this is what they talked about even before the season started is if they want if they want to play him differently, i.e., throw most of their attention at him. That I think Jamar said it today. He's fine with that. Uh, Joe Burrow's fine with that. He's 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 going to throw it to whoever the defense tells him to throw it to. You've got T. Higgins, who's yet to really kind of go off in a game this year. He did have a, a ninety seven yard game. Um, you've got Tyler Boyd, Steelers, always a big game for him. And now you've got Joe Mixon really getting the run game going. It's it, it is a true pick your poison type of thing, and I I, I think it's going to help Pittsburgh. It it can't it can't not. To get TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick back, particularly Minka, when you're talking about Jamar Chase, so it, it it's going to be interesting to see how they do scheme up, how much the coverage they roll his way. Um, but I, I don't know that it's it's going to matter that much. This this even though teams have adapted to Jamar Chase, the Bengals are. They're still scoring thirty. Seems like every week, and they're still producing um, across the board. So I don't know that you know. Kind of trying to take Jamar Chase away is is going to be the end all be all for Pittsburgh's game plan.
2: They they've seen teams play him differently. They've seen. More zone, more clouds, more—all these things where where it's just all about keeping everything in front of them and 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 not letting Jamar Chase beat them over the top. The thing is, you know, when when we wrote about this and talked to Zach Taylor about offensive identity over the course of this year, he said, "Well, that's what it is. Our identity is is to beat people up over the top and in the passing game to the point that they have to pull a player out of the box. And when they do." We're going to punish him with Joe Mixon, and what, what that's kind of what we saw specifically in Vegas. He, it was pointed out that okay, you haven't seen Jamar Chase really hit a deep ball. Uh, you know, week one through seven, he had all those big games, and he hasn't really gone off since then. Now, I would point out, and I wrote a lot about it extensively. I'm very aware of it. In week seven, they threw underneath, and he roasted the Ravens by hitting those underneath passes and taking them to the next level. We haven't seen him have the yak like he did in that game, but that's still kind of out there for him too. Here's the thing. If you're going to hold the weeks one through seven up against the three games that they've played since is, oh yeah, they're figuring out Jamar Chase. Does it matter? Points per drive. Weeks one through seven, 2.33, which ranked 12th in that span. Weeks eight through 11, 2.32, which ranked eighth in that span which way do you want to lose you know not not that not win or lose in the game but wh- which way do you want to try to stop them jay you mentioned it they've scored 30 points in four of the last five they've been better in most offensive categories the in recent weeks and that includes two losses yeah uh <laughs> i'm not even putting in the ravens game whereas i mentioned you absolutely could include that considering the ravens did try to stop jamar from beating them over the top and he beat him underneath i'm not even doing that which would skew these numbers even more in that direction. Three and out percentage, which was just a terrible issue for them early in the year. Weeks one through seven, they were 37% three and out, 31st in the league. Weeks eight through 11, 26.5%, sixth best in the league. They are taking what the defense is giving them, like you said, and Joe Burrow talked about it on Wednesday. You, You develop discipline as a quarterback and you know these teams this is a way we're seeing a lot of the league playing now Vic Fangio kind of got this system going Brandon Staley uses it a lot of these umbrellas a lot of these clouds a lot of keep everything in front of you force teams and quarterbacks to be disciplined well Burrow's kind of comfortable and Brian Callahan talked about it too we have no problem sitting there and taking five to seven yards every throw we will happily do that. They did it last year a lot. Um, and and you've kind of seen that because they've still been able to drive down length of the field and, and make it happen for them. All right, let's take a second and switch gears
0: here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it: tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army knives at Dick Sporting Goods.
2: I've got one other stat. I have a bunch of them here, but another one more I want to bring up. Joe Mixon Versus a light box in weeks one through seven, four point five two yards per carry, which is twenty ninth out of qualifying running backs. Five point six two in weeks eight through eleven, ninth uh, out of all qualifying running backs. When you do that, it, it's whatever. I mean, you're 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 taking force players out of the box, and Joe Mixon is wearing people down and beating them. Uh, to me. I think it's a matter of if that's what the Steelers want to do, whoever they play wants to do, go ahead and can continue doing it. That's the beauty of Joe Burrow is he's comfortable to be, to try to beat you whatever way you'd
3: like to be beaten in a lot of ways. Yeah, because if, if they're going to do that, then regardless, if, if they're playing zone, he's going to have guys running open five to seven yards down the field, and he's going to take those throws. And if, if, if they do want to press, he's got receivers that can win. That they can get open and it as young as he is in this offense is you you're starting to feel more comfortable that they can do that that i mean the whole point of that is that you you, a defense assumes that you're not going to be able to continue to keep doing and drive down and do these long drives and we've seen the bengals they they have had the the over the shop over the top shots to chase, but they've been able to put together long drives as well. And I don't want to spoil the conversation too much with, with Kaboli, but that's one of the biggest issues the Steelers have had this year is tackling. And if you're going to sh- throw short slamps, to, slants to Tyler Boyd or Jamar chase, they, those guys break one tackle and it could, it could still end up being a huge gain. Just, Doing it the underneath route, the way that the Jamar had his long one against Baltimore, it, it, it's it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to take away the long gains. It's just a matter of how far the ball travels in the air, and that that's going to be something to watch for. Is you know can can these guys can't Higgins, Joe Mixon, even in screens, if they make that first guy mix miss, it can turn into some big gains and, and really get the, the chunk plays that they need to get down the field quicker.
2: And I think there's a bit of a misconception that the Bengals haven't been throwing it deep in recent weeks mm-hmm. because they haven't seen the big ones at Jamar. How about this? Percentage of attempts going 20-plus air yards. Weeks one through seven, 11.8%, which was 21st last three weeks. 13.6%, which is seventh amongst all teams. They've thrown it deep more. They've actually thrown it deep more, just some of them haven't completed. And some of them have gone to other people. Uh, and and so it's like you know, they're still taking their shots. It's a misnomer if you don't think they're still taking their shots. They are just driving differently. Uh, and in the end of the day, you know, I, I do think there is a something to be said about look, we're still scoring plenty of points. We're still scoring the way we were, and and that's what matters most. You know, Burroughs' yards per attempt has gone down. Um, and his air yards per attempt have gone down. Air yards per attempt, not by that much. um, But his yard, total yards per attempt from the first seven weeks is 9.27, and he's down to 6.69 in the last three games. But again, that can skew. You're talking about three games. The point being, you know, I this is what we talked about. This is what we talked about with the Bengals' offense and why they were so excited about adding Jamar Chase is it gives them so many different ways to beat people. And and the fact that they're doing it at the same rate, despite defenses paying more attention and everything that they were talking about with defenses see what he is and they're ready for it, is a great sign, is an encouraging sign in my opinion. But I think Pittsburgh, this game in particular, is a fascinating test case because of what Jamar and that deep ball did in the first game against them.
3: Yeah, and the Steelers, yes, they didn't have some weapons, or not weapons, but they didn't have some key defensive personnel, but they gave up forty-one last week. They they had we, we talked about the Bengals scoring uh thirty points. The the Steelers had gone since the two thousand eighteen season opener without giving up thirty points until last week. I mean, it's this is not the same Steelers defense that you know we we were used to seeing the Bengals getting eight rushing yards in a game and, and winning games 16 to 10 or 13 to 10. Um, it it's there. They scored 24 in, in week three and they could have scored a lot more. It was kind of a, I don't want to say it was a call off the dogs type of thing, but they didn't need to take shots. And, and they really let Pittsburgh dominate that game time of possession wise, because it was just check down, check down, check down. Um, it, it feels like this is a this is going to be a it can be a statement game it it can be a game that a sweep which rarely happens with Bengals and Steelers it it, it will it won't eliminate the Steelers from the playoffs but it'll put a big dent in their chances you the, the Bengals would be up by a game and a half with the the season tiebreaker against them there's just there, there's so much there and it it, it feels like this is going to be a game on the 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 shoulders of the Bengals offense and a lot of times that doesn't feel like a good proposition going into a game against the Steelers but it it feels like that script is totally flipped that you you should feel good about what this offense can do against any defense but alone the Steelers
2: and i you know i think that you can play similarly to what you did against the Raiders last week you can mm-hmm. You know, I mean, very much the same way that they offset Ngakwe and and, and Max Crosby, you can offset the return of TJ Watt. You know, TJ Watt's gonna be back. Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna be back. That, you know, they're they're gonna have guys they didn't have in the first game. I don't believe Highsmith played in the first game. And that you you've got a lot of guys that that are total game changers that are that are back, but we have seen that they can handle that in different ways. And I, I think you do take a very similar type of game plan that you did against the Raiders and, and try to get up and chip away and, and use Mixon to offset the pass rush a little bit and try to run it on Pittsburgh teams. Have been able to run it on Pittsburgh um, and 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 not be afraid to throw underneath and all that stuff. So for that reason, um, I think you you do feel good about a potential game plan that you've now seen hey let's try to replicate what we just did last week it worked well and people will believe in it
3: yeah uh Steelers 26th in the league in run defense when have you ever seen that so yes you you could absolutely just roll last week's game plan into this week and um there, there haven't been many Bengals backs to go over 100 yards against the Steelers um in I think one I looked this up earlier I, I should have written it down but I think it's 133 is the record for any Bengal's back against a, a Steelers defense it feels like that could be in play that that, that I don't know where you would set the over under on a betting line for joe mixon this week but but I would i would put it pretty close to the 100 100 yard mark
2: Yeah, that's an interesting one, and uh, you know we can talk about what it's going to look like. But I I also, I just don't think Pittsburgh's all that good. Like when I when I look at, they have a, a number of good players, and Mike Tomlin is just you know continues to to make it work and everything. But like when I look at their schedule, and I say what what is the most what is the most impressive win you know when you talk about what the sealers have done this year is it the is it at the browns week 1 week 1 against the bills
3: I, at the I, flow, mean, yeah, I mean yeah you
2: know, I mean we're talking about a bills team that isn't exactly uh you know a world beater in themselves so I mean, they, they beat the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. They're out there trying to. They're out there stopping Geno Smith. Whatever the hell happened in that Detroit game, like, you know, what are I I just don't I don't look at the schedule and see a team. You know, they were down two touchdowns to the Chargers almost the entire game. You get some craziness at the end that makes it close, and and they and they end up losing. Uh, but they haven't they haven't scored like that all season. No, and so. You know, I just, I, I, I think there's a, a reputation element uh, to who they are. And I just, you know, they beat Chicago in that game that the refs gave to them. <laughs> I mean, they did. I've never seen anything quite like it. It's the only game where I've ever thought maybe the NFL is rigged. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's Denver. Are we saying Denver's their best win? Beating Teddy Bridgewater? Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it necessarily. Uh, and maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. And this league has proven that none of that matters. But I, I, I just don't see it with them. And I, I don't see a team built to get it together and and make a run that you're used to seeing the Steelers make this time of year.
3: Yeah, and I mean it's a quarterback league, and and Ben's not going to get fresher and younger and better as the season goes on. I mean. Yes, they he had they had that explosion that thirty point thirty seven point one last week, but you know, this is where they started kind of falling all apart last year. They started eleven and zero, and then went one and four down the stretch. Um, so you're right that none of those games. I mean, that, that the one when they when they beat the Seahawks didn't have Russell Wilson. They needed overtime to do that. The one where the refs handed them the game against the Bears. They still only won that game by two. They they just they have not looked overly impressive now the week one one at buffalo I, i i gave them no chance to win that game and buffalo was playing really good i mean they were number one in all the power rankings for the first month month and a half of the year so that's why i think that one is their most impressive but that they followed that with three straight losses including to the raiders at home um so yes it's it is kind of a uh more of the the colors and and the helmet and the reputation type of Steelers team than what they've actually put on the field.
2: You're right. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's six point six yards per attempt this year. I mean, he 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 made some throws and, and looked a little bit better against the Chargers, um, but I you know you're not again. You're going to have the better quarterback on the field. Playing at home. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's Name me that stat, and I'll show you who's probably going to win the game almost everywhere. Just tell me who the better quarterback is. Not even home or away. Tell me who the better quarterback is. The fact that you do get them at home, and you do have the confidence of a team that's already beaten them once. And I do think you feel good about it. The other side is, every time you think you got a handle on the Bengals maybe turning the tide in the Steelers <laughs> series, it goes the opposite way in a hurry. They stick it to you. It has happened over and over and over again. And it's about what? It's about what Jay doesn't like. You're supposed to bet the trend. The trend (laughs) is the Steelers always find a way to ruin things. But is that, you know, I just don't know that the past resonates here right now with this group. And I think they embrace the fact that it doesn't resonate with them. That they're different. And I asked a bunch of people today if they had any idea of the last time the Bengals beat the Steelers three times in a <laughs> row, just to just to see if anybody would even venture a guess or care. Nobody really did. The fact that it was December second, nineteen ninety, and you know Zach Taylor basically said, "Yeah, I, I think I was I was in pre I was in pre K." Jesse Bates wasn't born. And he's like, I don't you know that, but they all do admit. Changing the dynamic of this series means a lot. It means a lot in the building. It means a lot in the city. It means a lot for this team not being viewed as the same old Bengals. It eventually does have to go through the Steelers. And If you change the dynamic by doing something and winning three times in a row, doing it for the first time since in 31 years, what else can you change that hasn't happened for 30 years, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would argue they already have changed the dynamic of this series, and, and this one would just reinforce it because that that wasn't a fluke, that Monday night game last year. That was – they were the better team. They were the more physical team. They took it to them and beat them, and that, it was pretty much domination in, in week three this year. It, it feels like the dynamic has already changed and to 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 win this one and get that that third that rare third straight win that would that would just kind of reinforce that point. It, it it it's not like it's kind of hanging in the balance. Has it changed? Has it not? I feel like it has changed. And and a loss isn't gonna isn't gonna reverse it. I, I don't think anyone's gonna think, oh, here we go again. It's gonna be ten straight losses to the Steelers. Um, but it 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 would it would be significant in, in for so many of the reasons that you said. Plus, it's a season sweep. Um, it's, it really puts you in a good position to, to be seven and four to that, that sets the Bengals up so well for the playoffs with all these other home games coming behind it two winnable road games. It's, I don't want to say it's a pivot game because it feels like they're already going in the right direction, but it's, it would be, it would be significant. And I, it's funny because I thought. Jesse Bates, maybe the the most telling comment he had today was he said when he first got here, he they he, none of these guys know the history of the series because they just don't look at that. They're they're so focused in the present. But he said he noticed. He's like, man, coaches are really tight this week, and, and that's what it seemed like <laughs> under Marvin. That Steelers week it got tight, and Zach and his staff are not treating it that way. It's it's a it's a big game. It's a division game. But it's another game, and, and and I think the the attitude of the coaches in a given week trickles down to the team, and I, and I think that's why you're seeing the Bengals play loose. And that did help last year that Pittsburgh had everything on the line. The Bengals didn't. They came out and just kind of let it fly. They won that game, and I, I think a lot of light bulbs went on that hey, we're we're just as good as these guys.
2: You said it. I I was you know it was just sort of a back and forth about the history and the 1990 and the dynamic of the series, mm-hmm. and Jesse said that, and it perked up, and that was why I had to ask, was it not like that before? Because it was like the first time I feel like we've heard a player admit, like, because they never would throw willingly. And I don't know that he was actually like trying to throw the old coaching staff mm-hmm. under the bus, but he was pointing out how it's different. Coaches got tight when they played the Steelers, and in big games, mm-hmm. and in prime time, <laughs> and the records reflected that. And you got to have a team that can play loose and play free and play confidently against your rivals, and in prime time, and in the big games. And it's part of why you feel you wonder what it will look like when this team is in those big games again, because that doesn't exist. And you don't worry as much about a Steelers domination because everybody's out there so afraid to make a mistake. I'm I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jay, because I, I you know I, it's an important point. Mm-hmm. Is is the the newness of what this coaching staff is trying to do? Is how you change dynamics. It's why you change coaches. It's why you change the culture of everything because it needed to be. And I, I thought that was really telling stuff from from Jesse. It was it's a really interesting. All right, let's just take a quick break.
0: Supply.
2: to kind of get more we've talked a lot from the bengal side of things and where we're at we got to bring in the hero of the week <laughs> mvp comeback player of the day can we do that can we give it away just for the day <laughs> uh you you caught up with mark caboli fresh off a of ruptured achilles uh so <laughs>
3: we'll head on over to that interview <laughs> All right, well, we're going to head out to Pittsburgh right now and talk to Mark Caboli, our Steelers insider. And before we do that, I just want to let Bengals fans know, I know there's (laughs) a spirited back and forth between Mark and Bengals fans. And I'm just asking Bengals fans to go a little easy on Mark this week, not just because it's Thanksgiving, but he's playing hurt. Um, Mark, why don't you let everybody know what happened and, and how you're doing?
1: First of all, I thought I've turned the corner with
0: Bengals fans
1: (laughs) because I've been uh, pretty, uh, I've been throwing some praise their way the last couple of weeks and they've made me look like a jerk. So I guess that's a little backhanded compliment. So (laughs) it turns out, uh, you know, you got, everybody loves to go to LA and West coast and nice temperature. Uh, I hate LA. I don't love LA because I was walking into the stadium Sunday night and Out of the blue, my Achilles ruptured, and uh, it was not a fun next 24 to 48 hours trying to navigate an emergency room in Inglewood, California, to uh, getting back to the hotel, to missing the entire game, to uh, flying back to Pittsburgh over the next seven hours and three stops and wheelchairs and golf carts through airports. So it was kind of miserable. You know, I was holding out hope. I'm coming to Cincinnati this weekend, but I'm just arrived at the Steelers complex for their practice on Wednesday, and it took me like an extra four hours just to like get in the car and get dressed. So I don't know if that's going to quite happen this week, Jay. We're we're as Mike Tomlin likes to say, we're leaving the light on for me for going to Cincinnati, (laughs) but that light's getting dim. So, so you on like a knee scooter, or are you on crutches, or a wheelchair, or how? Man, this boot, did you see everybody walk around in all the time? Uh And they're just like motoring around. My goodness, those things are impossible to walk in. (laughs) I mean, my left foot, my right foot, which is the good one now, is now three inches lower, maybe four inches lower than the boot because the boot gets you off the ground. Mm. You ever try to walk when one leg's like four inches smaller than the other? It is impossible So uh, I have to learn how to do this. No scooter, but I am looking forward to going to Walmart at some time over the next three months so I can use the little rascal there to get around and get some (laughs) shopping done. I always wanted to use the rascal, but I never did.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I I hope. You're feeling better. I hope everything goes well. It is a it's a terrible situation. And I, I do hope you get to make it here, but uh certainly would understand if you don't. Um the, the the first thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, week three. Uh we all saw how that game played out. Um, Tyler Boyd's comments after the game where he said the uh the, the Steelers quit. I'm just wondering uh how those were received, if if is this a team that's gonna use that and, and feed off of that, or is it something they just kind of brush off?
1: Well, they're not going to use it publicly. I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. I'm actually uh, surprised Mike Tomlin did address it the time he said it in week three, he he did a couple of days later. He said he wasn't going to address it. Then he went on and uh, addressed it. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen behind the scenes. It might help at least in the public eye that it is Thanksgiving weekend and access is pretty much uh, limited and, of people we can get, or I would assume it would be more of a story than it's possibly going to be. I'm sure it's mentioned a little bit, but they got bigger things to worry about than Tyler Boyd saying they quit or not. I mean, if you watch that game Sunday night, they got to find out how to get people healthy. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watt or were out, Joe Hayden were out, and that just absolutely devastated their defense. So I think there should be more worried about that. Than what Tyler Boyd saying, they might quit or not. So, but we'll see how the week plays out. But I really doubt that anything publicly would be say, said about that.
3: You know, Watt missed that first game against the Bengals too. That was it. That was two months ago. It seems like a, a completely different season now <laughs> at this point. So, I mean, that was a big part of that game. But in the lo- larger kind of overall picture, what what are the Steelers doing better now than they were the first time the Bengals saw them back in September?
1: Well, I would say run the ball, but then you would see what happened Sunday night, and you say, nope, that, that didn't happen because <laughs> I think they had like 40, 50 yards against a team that was the worst rushing team in the league, and they really didn't even try. So up until that point, the running game seemed to be coming around a little bit, uh, a lot better, and that's what's led to them being able to to win. Uh, Rossisberger is playing probably some of his best ball right now as well, even though he only had – mere hours to prepare for this game on Sunday night when he was cleared Saturday, he put together a pretty spectacular performance. And if Bengals fans do remember, he did that to them last year as well when he wasn't cleared until Saturday of the game against Sunday, then put up 350 yards against them. So I think they're just a young team getting better and better. But the problem, like I keep mentioning, there's no really uh, answer to having guys like Tyson Alu-Alu, their nose tackle has been out a while, Stephon it out for the entire season so far, and the defensive line is just not equipped to deal with anybody pushing in them around and a decent running game, and, and it looks like from afar that Cincinnati has a pretty good running game. So uh, if I'd circle something there, Jay, I would look at the running game and see if, uh, first of all, Teams had trouble pushing those front three or four guys of the Bengals off the ball, and they were unable to create any space on the other side as well. So, uh, big game though, right? I mean, they need yeah. the both of these teams are right. In the, that's what Roethlisberger talked about early on Wednesday about. Hey, everything's still wide open, and we got twelve teams here. Whoever gets hot at the right time is going to end up being a team to beat in the AFC, and he's absolutely right.
3: It's funny you talked about that defense getting pushed around because that was going to be my next question. The Steelers are 26th against the run. I went back and looked, and in in Tomlin's first years, they were in the bottom half of the league only once. They were 21st in 2013. They were top six eight times. I mean, what is going on with that run defense? Is is it personnel? Is it scheme? A little of both?
1: uh, Well, back in those early years – there's are some of those defensive players who were getting a little old from their Super Bowl team, so that. But uh, now it's just it's it's a multitude of things. I mean, Devin Bush—they moved up ten spots in the draft to take him tenth overall a couple years ago, and he's Bengal nowhere near. Remember. Yeah, he's not even a shell of what they thought he would be. I know he's coming off ACL injury, but that was seventeen months ago. Now hmm. he's struggling, not being able to make plays like he should be able to play that hurts I mean I can't even I mean I mentioned it a little bit but Cam Hayward can only do so much and he's a superstar of this defense but when you don't when you had a veteran like all of those tackle and step on to it I mean and you yank those guys out and it's just very very difficult for the, some guys that you've never heard of before we're talking about Isaiah Loudermilk you're talking about you know, Chris Wormley, who's nothing more than a, you know, a plug and you know, a, a 20 snap a guy game should be. Now he's playing 40 or 50. Um, Isaiah Bugs, Henry Mondo, guys you would never probably guys that were lucky to make the roster in September are now starting and making uh, considerable playing time because they just don't have the people. And uh, missed tackling has been a big issue. It, it, it come come up and bid them against Seattle, and they come up and bid them a couple of weeks ago, I believe, against Chicago as well. So, it's just – they're just trying to plug different holes, and when they plug a hole, uh, another one opens up. So, I mean, you're not going to get much better unless you get people back. And then, sure, heck doesn't look like the people are coming back. I don't know about Watt or Fitzpatrick. That would help. Hayden would help tremendously, but mm. not much in the run game. So, They're just going to have to hope these young guys play better, and that's hard to do because, like I said, none of them are even drafted guys.
3: You know, I think giving up 41 to the Chargers, you can kind of attribute some of that to not having Fitzpatrick or Watt or Hayden. But I was wondering, you know, offensively, I know a loss is a loss, but do they take any encouragement? I mean, that was the first time they've topped 30 this year, that to go out and score 37 in that game, does it feel like – the offense maybe could have yeah. built some momentum off of that.
1: It, it might be like sixteen, seventeen games dating back to early last year that yeah. they put up that kind of points. I mean, they were very opportunistic with the block punt and the, the interception, so they were able to turn those into points. Uh, so they should feel a little bit, you know, better about themselves. But you know, now they got some injuries on on the offensive line as well, where the offensive line has been an issue with youth and inexperience. Now you're yanking people out there because they're hurt. The putting guys are, are less experienced or less talented as well in, in those spots right there. But, uh, I mean, I think they are they know they put up the points, but they knew a lot of it was quick at pace. They were down big. They got fortunate with some of the turnovers. I think they're probably looking at it and saying, Man, how the heck do we only rush for 35 yards with Najee Harris against the worst team? So it might actually be the flip side of that, Jay. Mm-hmm. It might be like, ah, okay, we put up some points, but that's not how we're supposed to win games. You know, yeah. we're going to win games by running the ball and making five or six throws by our nearly 40 year old quarterback. And that didn't happen on Sunday. It was more like the quarterback is the one who made the plays. So uh, they're going to have to run the ball this game. Might sound like a cliche, but. You got to run the ball and you got to convert. And you you know as well as I do, Jay, uh, I think uh, Cincinnati had a pretty intricate, surprising defense against Pittsburgh week three on their third down situations where they basically set up the picket fence, the line Hmm. at at the the goal at the line to get third down line to get. And that really baffled the Steelers a lot. So they're going to have to figure out how to beat that, too.
3: (sighs) You know, it was it was about this point last year. Steelers were eleven and zero, and that's when the the, the swoon kind of hit. Um, it it is there any discussion about that this year? Does it does it feel like that could be in
1: play again this year, even though they're not eleven and zero right no, now? There's not really there's not really any belief that that can happen. I think everybody knows it can happen mm-hmm. just for the fact that you know there's if you look at their schedule with Cincinnati, Baltimore, yeah. Minnesota, Kansas City, all coming up in the next four games, and Cleveland and uh Baltimore again so you look at the schedule you shake your head and say how am I going to get eight or nine wins out of this one so it's in the back of everybody's mind maybe not the Steelers minds because they they like to take it one game at a time like every single team in the league does but it's a belief that 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 could happen but there's also a belief if they played like they did in the middle stretch of the season they could get the nine wins they can win a tiebreaker they can use that tie against the bear uh, the Lions to their advantage and um you know, not have to worry about any tiebreakers at all right now. I mean, last year I think during that span where they struggled is when they got caught up in the old Baltimore COVID stuff, where that mm-hmm. game was pushed back to Wednesday. Then the next week they didn't know when they were going to play, and the the Washington game was pushed back to a Tuesday. So they end up playing ten games, and I mean three games in ten days. And it, it from that point on, it was just. It was just a different team. They went to Cincinnati, got their butt kicked, went to Buffalo, got their butt kicked, uh, and, and, you know, and th- it was just the end right there, and I think a lot of it had to do with just the, the, the attrition that set in there with a 10-game over a – with no bye week either. They had no bye week yeah. because they played Tennessee, and that was canceled at the last possible moment as well. So uh, a lot of younger players on this team, though, so maybe that does not happen this year.
3: You're still bitter about that canceled bye week, aren't you? Yeah, I mean they canceled it on a Friday. I
1: mean, what good is that? It's just a normal, you know, nothing. I mean, not me. I mean, well, I guess it was me. But yeah, uh, it's always <laughs> us first. <laughs> like, what are you cancel on a Friday for? You knew this earlier in the week.
3: <laughs> well, given everything you said, that you know the way they've been playing the the schedule that's ahead, do you feel like are their playoff hopes done if they don't win this one?
1: It's going to be tough. I wouldn't say done because just the fact that uh, we've seen what happened over the in the AFC over the past couple weeks where one team looks like a world beater and the other team looks like crap and it flips around in like two weeks. I mean, you're not going to – I'm pretty sure a team's going to win the or make the playoffs at either eight or nine wins here. I mean, it's just a matter of who's going to win the tiebreaker here. So I think the bigger issues, like I mentioned, was – just the schedule i mean the schedule is brutal here with uh cincinnati and baltimore and minnesota on a thursday and kansas city a day after christmas and tennessee's in there too my fault Was yeah. a, which will look great two weeks ago and now they look like an easier win cleveland who who knows so like i said i, I it, it's it's an important win because they need to have divisional wins but if they lose this game, I wouldn't quite say they're out. I'm like, I mean, they put themselves in a very, very difficult position. I wouldn't quite say they're out. I mean, I don't think that goes with anybody. I mean, if mm-hmm. Cincinnati loses, I don't think they're done. If Baltimore loses, I don't think they're done. I don't, if Denver loses, I mean, I think it's just so packed in there that anybody can make it.
3: All right. Well, hey. I know it's a tough week for you. I really do appreciate <laughs> you taking some time to talk to us. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, don't be afraid to ask for help if you need to reach the top shelf
1: from the Jazzy. <laughs> Forget about that. Can you, like, come pick me up? And, you know, I, would, I, would, I would come, guarantee to come to the game, but my goodness, I need, like, a handicapped parking spot. And I know where they park us in, in uh, Cincinnati. I need, like, an Uber just to get to the stadium. It would take me six and a half hours to walk from my car to the stadium.
3: <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I will. I will ask the media relations guy if he can get you a <laughs> handicap spot. I need one of those in general
1: now. I want to take advantage of this now, Jay.
3: No I reason mean, not I'm to. A,
1: I am just like totally out of commission here for three three months. I can't even. Uh, you know what? The, the, I, we'll follow this under a little bit of too much information here. I'm totally. <laughs> baffled of how i'm going to take a shower now i can't get into that i can't get into that tub without this boot on or i'll fall on my face (laughs) (laughs) we will not stream that live on the athletic though okay
3: yes let's let's not do that (laughs) (laughs) well hey again thanks so much for taking the time and i hope i do see you sunday if i don't i understand and uh again (laughs) we really appreciate you jumping on with us and uh hope, hope the uh the the new nice relationship with the Bengals fans continues
1: I'm telling you, I think they're still probably the most talented in the division, and I thought that the, that whole uh, you know learning how to win thing was bunkus. but apparently it might be true. So uh, I think they do have maybe the best chance, chance out of anybody in the division to come away with this. I'm not a big Baltimore fan. I think Cleveland's not very good. We know where the Steelers are, so Bengals can put anything together here and get some Continuity. I think this is a wide open division for them to be able to mm-hmm. come in and steal.
3: Just winning fans right and left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take care, Mark. All right, see you, Jay.
3: All right, good to
2: hear from uh, this week's hero, Mark Uh, and hopefully he's hopefully he's healing, he starts healing up and gets around better and gets everything taken care of. And um, you know, but always good to hear his insights on everything that's going on in Pittsburgh, and they're an interesting team as well. There's a lot going on there, but I know that everybody on that defense is going to be happy to have all of their key components back in the mix and that was the common theme amongst uh everybody on the Bengals side of things yesterday was when people asked about the first game they'd be like, I don't know. They don't they didn't have T.J. Watt. I think as a defensive player the year candidate. Like it's hard to say that you really handled the Steelers when they they didn't have him out there. It he does change everything. Um, and especially when you're talking about a Bengals team that you worry about them going up against a team that can get home with four, um, the Steelers definitely can do that with all their horses.
3: And pretty remarkable if they do have T.J. Watt, because I know we everybody's talked about how awful that Lions-Steelers game was to watch. That was like the one, they, they, they showed those crowd shots after T.J. Watt went down, and it looked so bad. I mean, it looked like, his knee buckled and you're thinking oh my god that's that's season ending that was awful and then they announce it as a hip injury instead of a knee and to to see him you know presumably miss only one game and come back i mean that's it's pretty remarkable and he is a game changer but like you said it's they've got a plan for how to slow those guys down and it's it's two weeks in a row that they have played these elite edge rushers. You got to see elite. You're going to see really good pass rushers every week. But what the what the Raiders had and what the Steelers had with TJ Watt and Highsmith and and then they've got Hayward in the middle too. It just it, it feels like it, it can roll over and you, you wonder. You know, a lot of times you hear players say uh, if they hold a guy out and they're like, "Well, he could have played if it was a playoff game." Um, is, is that this isn't a playoff game, but is that a case here? Where if it was, if it wasn't a division game, would T.J. Watt take another week off? Um, and he's coming back because this game does mean so much. Is he gonna be a hundred percent the T.J. Watt we're used to seeing? Um, that that that's gonna be worth watching. But the, these Bengals tackles have done a good job against the edge guys, and, and and the Burrow's great at getting the ball out quick. I don't know. I I, I don't think this is gonna be a T.J. Watt type of game.
2: We'll find out pretty quick because it usually happens pretty fast uh, (laughs) with with TJ. They certainly don't, but they certainly don't want to be in a position where they're playing from behind and having to having to come back. The one thing I want to mention, Jay, I know you got stats on. We've mentioned uh, a couple times that the Bengals scored thirty points in four of their last five. Uh, When's the last time that they scored thirty points against the Steelers?
3: (laughs) It has been a long time. It has been. 32 consecutive games <laughs> since they have scored 30 points against the Steelers. Um, I mean, that's, that's all kinds of good teams. The 2015 team didn't do it. The 2009 team didn't do it. You have to go all the way back to 19. No, I'm, I'm sorry. It was no. the 2005 team. It was a 2015 team. Yeah. 38, yeah. 31 in Pittsburgh, the, right? 38. Th- yes. Um, but overall, 104 games against the Steelers. How many times do you think the Bengals – because this isn't a recent thing. How many times do you think they hit 30 in those 104 games?
2: 104 games. How many did they hit 30?
3: Seven. No, you're close. It was eight. Wow. So – it, it is a, it, and it's not just the Bengals. The Steelers, the Steelers rarely give up thirty, like I mentioned before. It had been a long time, and the the Chargers did it last week. So I, I wonder, might be worth looking up when was the last time they gave up thirty in back to back games? I, I bet you'd have to go back quite a ways. And I don't think it's going to take thirty to win this game. I think if the Bengals score thirty, they win. I can't see them losing some crazy shootout that looks like the Chargers Steelers game last week, but. If they can get to thirty, that kind of feels like that magic number where they'll they'll win the game. If they get there for a fifth time in six games,
2: it would be an it would be an impressive feat to uh, to say the least. All right,
3: let's dive into it,
2: Jay. Let's do a little bit of growler bet here, huh? All right. Um, we had a so close last week, thanks to you adding a little bit more sadistic nature to it. I'd appreciate that. Uh, this week's Growler bet is a two parter. And it all goes back to what we've talked about about, oh, the deep ball and keeping everything underneath. And what will be, what length, how many yards will be Joe Burrow's longest completion? But that's too easy, Jay. Yeah. And to whom? You need to have both of these correct. You need to know who caught it and how long it was on the nose. So Joe Burrow's longest completion in Sunday's game against Pittsburgh and to who? Hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter or pdaner at theathletic.com. If you want to email me, make sure you have the word growler in the subject header. That's your growler bet this week. If you get it, delicious 50 West beer. Now selling Christmas cookie. Is uh, could be yours. All right, Jay, what do you have?
3: So I still got Vegas on my mind a little bit, and I'm thinking side pot would be interesting here between you and I. What percentage of our growler bet submissions are going to have Chase? Because I think everybody's going to pick Chase just because it that's that's the way they've gone to get their deep balls. But Pittsburgh's going to try to take him away, and 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 I think they'll be successful in that. Um, I'm going T Higgins. Forty-four. I just it's it's been a while since we've seen T. Higgins really kind of stretch the field and get a big one. Um, I feel like he's due, and I feel like the the Steelers kind of rolling coverage towards Jamar is gonna open that up.
2: Okay. Uh that's your palindrome. I have Oh, I even number.
3: forgot about that. I yeah, that is a and palindrome. you nailed it.
2: <laughs> I have a prime number for you, Jay. All right. I'm going to say 37 yards to C.J. Uzama.
3: Ooh, You know, yeah. it it feels like tight ends do have big roles in these Bengals-Steelers games for whatever mm. reason. That's a really good pick. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I feel like we haven't heard from C.J. in a little bit, and I feel like he's due, and all this tension talking about TB, who had a good game last week, and... And they're trying to get Higgins to go off and they're going to be really focused on Chase and Mixon who had the big game last week. Yeah. That's when you uh, you slip a CJ Uzama in on him and uh, in, in some of their biggest wins, he's had some of his best games.
3: Yeah, I like that.
2: Uh, run, passer boot. Jay, you've got this one. What did you come up with?
3: Yeah, so it, it again, it's going to be what What kind of game is it? Do the Steelers focus on Jamar? How much? So what will be greater Jamar Chase receiving yards, Joe Mixon rushing yards, or Big Ben passer rating.
2: Okay, uh, this is a, this is kind of a hard one. It's a good. I mean, this is a good. This is a good one to to put out there because you really can see it a bunch of different ways. Um, here's the thing, Ben. He just he throws. I think he's going to throw picks. He just mm-hmm. he throws picks it kills your passer rating. So for that reason, I'm going to boot Ben's passer rating at 6 I'm going to say 63. I'm going to run with Joe Mixon rushing yards. I'm going to say he ends up with 89. And I will pass on Jamar Chase receiving yards of 65.
3: Yeah, I have the exact same order for the same reasons. I I the, the Bengals in particular have done a pretty good job uh, i mean ben has had his moments against them but the, I, the the bengals find ways to get picks against him and we saw logan wilson get two in the first game um i i even if they don't get picks i don't think it's going to be one of those those games where ben throws for a lot of yards he i mean he only has one 300 yard game this year and it was that one against the bengals because it was check down check down check down and it just all kind of added up late um so even if even if they don't get the picks, I think they can hold his passer rating down. And I, I just I I feel like this if if last week wasn't a breakout for Joe Mixon, I feel like this week could be. Like bully said, they've got they they struggle tackling and it just it, it feels like the AFC North type of game that, that Joe Mixon really loves. And I I could see him having a huge, huge day against the Steelers on Sunday.
2: All right, prediction time. Time to put it down.
3: Jay, what do you got? I don't think they get to 30, but I think they get close. I'm, I'm going to say 27-24 Bengals on an Evan McPherson 50-plus yard field goal. Not at the gun, <laughs> but that will be the final points.
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking the Bengals too. I don't like I said earlier. I just I, I I just I think we're living on reputation, and and I I look at how the Steelers have gotten to five, four, and one, and and I don't I just don't know that I I'm buying it all the way. Um, this league is crazy, and you never know what's going to happen. But I, I just I, I I think the Bengals do win. I I do. I have them twenty four twenty one. I won't say McPherson is the gun. I'll just say the score and 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 <laughs> call it a day. Um, so we'll see, Jay. I don't know. When's the last time? I'm sure that we have both picked the same and been wrong many times this year, probably. I have to go back and check, but um I, I don't it's I feel like these predictions, as much as you try to have a feel and we've picked many right, um look around this league. It is just so hard. There are a lot of people that have lost a lot of money this year. Unless you're betting all underdogs all year. <laughs> then you're loving life. And you're doing the Scrooge McDuck money swim. But, I mean, it's just Bengals four-and-a-half point favorites. That's almost uh, something you don't want to see at this point, the way this league has gone. Mm-hmm. The way underdogs have won and home field advantage hasn't meant as much as you would think um, for that fact you know, enjoy the game basically, you know, because I just, I do think you just, you just never know. There's, I love when history is so involved like this, where you have such a dynamic history of the Steelers turning on the Bengals whenever they feel like they're getting it together. And here we go again.
3: Because history means nothing to the players, but it means everything to the fan base because they've lived and died through every single game. And I think that's, that that's why what makes it so fun is you know how much it means to the fans and and really when you were going through, through that whole thing about predictions all that was going through my mind is I need to build a spreadsheet with our predictions from each week so we can track those. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, just gave yourself more homework, Jed. Oh, what is
3: new? What, what is else new? am I going to do tomorrow?
2: We will, be, uh, we will be back with the walkout after the game on Sunday, of course, so we look forward to that after uh, what will be a very interesting evening in the AFC North. I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy uh, your full plates and your family and the football, even though the football is a lot of bad. Uh, it's still football, and uh, it's on TV, which means if you're an American, you're probably going to watch it. So so be it. Uh and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Again, thank thanks to everybody who's a subscriber. Uh, and if you're not, thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to get in on the deal that's going on through this weekend. So I uh, highly recommend one dollar a month for the next 12 months if you get a chance to subscribe. Go to the athletic.com/slash hear that podcast growling, or check out any of the stories Jay and I have written, and you can go there and subscribe. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you after the game on Sunday. Have a good one.